So before I start, I just wanted to thank a couple of people because I know you've all been praying for me up until this point. Um, so I wanted to give a shout out to the women's ministry because I know they've been praying for me the last couple of months. Also to my Thursday small, small group. So I don't know where you are out there. Shout out to all of you. There's a peanut gallery back there. Um, and then also to Beth and to my husband and daughter who are hiding up in the balcony. Um, this, the second thing I want to share with you is that, is that I'm up here, not by my own will, but this is an act of obedience in itself. Um, so I selected the topic this morning called Sowing and Obedience. Um, after praying and reflecting on the times in my life when I most felt God's presence, and those times have all been marked by two things. They've been marked by steadfast time in God's word, or also referred to as seed, and also obedience referred to as sowing. As you just heard in my intro, I'm an avid gardener and I have a huge, huge, huge perennial garden where I spend um, pretty much every weekend, a lot of time and energy in it. My husband would add, would add that I probably spend a lot of money in there as well. <laughs> so it's quite fitting that I'm talking about sowing in obedience this morning because I can draw many parallels between my own life and my garden. So this morning, what I'm gonna share with you are three acts of obedience. Um, what I learned from them, and the blessings that I received. And this morning, um, my petition is that God would use my story to inspire you to, or to bless you or even just to validate that we serve such an awesome God. And I pray that, um, that we would all be more devoted to his word, that we would respond with obedient faith um, so that we would experience the full release of God's blessing in our lives. So I'm going to start this morning by reminding us of the parable of the sower. So for those of you who want to follow along with me, you can read with me in Matthew 13, um, starting with verses 1 through 9. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into the boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil, so it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered, but because they had no root. Other seed fell along, among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, 160 or 30 times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. And now if you'll turn with me to verses 18, 18 through 23. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their hearts. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with full joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, 
yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. In this parable, the sower is Jesus, or it can be any one of us. The seed is God's word, and the soil is our hearts. I know from my own garden that the most important factor on whether or not a plant or a seed thrives is the soil. Likewise, the condition of a person's heart determines whether or not and how they will receive God's word. I've learned through my own experiences that the starting point for obedience is a heart set towards God, and only the Holy Spirit can do that through God. And through daily reading and scripture and praying and Christian community. This parable teaches us that as we receive God's word or seed into our hearts and we obey it, or sowing, or obedience, that it will release God's blessing in our lives. So now, Jackie, if you can pull up the first slide for me, the next slide for me. Oh, actually, hold off on that. Go back to the first one. Um, now I'm going to share my first act of obedience, which I call my call to Christianity. So I became a Christian at the age of 11 when I was in the fifth grade, and a friend of mine invited me to for a Saturday night sleepover. And that involved staying over Sunday and going to church with she and her family. Now please note that up until that time, I had always gone to parochial school. Um, I came from a very devout Catholic family, and I had never been to a non-Catholic church. And my parents had um, leadership positions, <clears throat> excuse me, in the local Catholic organizations. So it was a, quite a big deal that I was going to another service that Sunday. But that particular Sunday, as I th sat through Sunday school in the worship service, I experienced God in a way that I had never, ever experienced before. I remember going home and wanting to know more about God and to experience more of him. I was so excited to share what I had learned with my parents. And I recall praying that night that God, that my parents would allow me to go again. And so I, I got enough, um, I asked them in the middle of the week, I said, you know, can I go back to the service? And God answered my prayer. And my parents said that I could go back to the service as long as I went to Mass on Saturday night. So my father agreed to take me to Mass on Saturday nights and then I returned to the service again that Sunday morning. And this continued for several weeks. Um, the church had a Sunday school bus that would pick me up at my house every morning, and it was a big blue bus, and it would pull up and um, pick me up for Sunday school, and it would, then it would drop me back off after church, after the service. And um, on the fourth week, I, I responded to an altar call at the service, <clears throat> and um, I continued to, and I asked Jesus to come into my heart. And here all this time I thought I knew him. I continued to obediently share the gospel with my family, and I would invite them every week, but they wouldn't come. Uh, after many months, I convinced my father to finally attend with me, and um, it was on Father's Day, and I remember you know, begging him, will you please go, everybody else's father's there. Um, so he did come, and um, he had the same experience I did. And then a couple of months later, my mother came, and then within the year, through a number of God moments, we were worshiping as a family. Um, that God used me to, to continue to spread um, his gospel, even to extended family, as far as South America. So I would go to Colombia, which is where I was born. Every summer, my parents would send me there for a couple of weeks, and I remember sharing the gospel with them there. And they were also very devout Catholics. And I would say within two years, a lot of them had um, learned and developed a deep relationship with Christ like they never had before. 
So now, Jackie, you can turn to the first slide. Um, so what did I learn from this? Um, the first lesson that I learned was that prior to the age of 11, um, the gospel had not penetrated from my heart to my head. Um, or actually from my head to my heart is what I mean. Despite all the doctrine and all the sacraments and um, all the teachings that I had had in parochial school up until the fifth grade, I didn't fully understand the gospel and what it meant for me personally. Up until that fourth Sunday, my previous actions and activities were all really acts of requirement or a need to be justified. Um, I had been hearing God's word and, he, and, and seed all of those years, but it had not penetrated the soil of my heart. Um, I wasn't deeply rooted in the gospel, and I didn't have a deep relationship with God at all. Um, I recently heard Tim Keller talk about this, and he used the analogy of, he said it's sort of like a coin that hasn't dropped to the bottom of the machine. So if the coin gets stuck, stuck you never get what you actually wanted to, to purchase. And in this case, if the coin doesn't drop to the bottom of the, of the machine, you don't get the blessing. <clears throat> but once I stood and, and once I understood and received the gospel, then my obedience to the gospel was out of pure joy of God's love, uh, was an outflow of joy of God's love and no longer a requirement or a justification. Because if the latter were the case, then how would I ever know if I ever achieved it? I also learned that God's grace was sufficient for me and that all I needed to do was to repent and receive it. Um, Romans 3.23 Romans 3, and 24 say, says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Later on in life, my father who I led to the Lord at the age of 11 would become my rock and my Christian mentor. And he taught me more about God than I would ever know. So now you can, Jackie, if you don't mind turning the next slide. So lesson number two that I learned was that I need to tend to the garden, to my heart with the same level of commitment that I give to my garden. So many times later in life and even today, there are times when I'm not sowing and I'm not obedient. Um, and the coin gets stuck at the top of the machine. Um, this is especially the case when I get really busy at work and I get overcommitted and my priorities get out of order. Then I get fearful and I cut God out and I start to do things on my own. And I don't spend enough time reading his word or, or praying or listening to his voice. And I've learned that, ge that God generally doesn't like to speak over the noise of something that has more of my attention. And the symptoms that my heart has become preoccupied are very similar to when I don't spend time in my garden. The weeds and thorns of life are very noxious and they overtake the seed and they rob it of its nutrients and water. And um, as a result, I lose my joy and I become disobedient. I'm not perfect and praise God that he forgives me and um, I get back on the right path. This first act of obedience um, turned out to be a training ground for what God would ask me to do later in life. And may this song, this next song entitled Speak, O Lord, be our prayer of obedience this morning.
So now on to my second act of obedience, which I call my journey of obedience. So I mentioned earlier I was born in, Columbia, South, in Barranquilla, Colombia, South America, and I came to the U.S. when I was two months old. Um, my father was a professional soccer player in his home country. He was on their national team, and he's actually played in the World Cup many, years, many, many years ago. So he was asked to come to the United States by the New York consulate to actually start soccer here in the U.S. And that was my first move. Um, by the age of 27, I had lived in three countries, seven states, and moved 12 times. Um, Jackie, if you can go ahead and put up the next slide. My family only accounted for my first three moves, and my obedience to God were responsible for the remaining nine. So you can see that I was born in Columbia, South America. My parents moved to New York. Um, from New York, they moved to Connecticut, and then um, we moved to Florida right just before I started high school to Northeast Florida. Um, so since I could remember, I felt a calling to the healthcare profession, and I pursued an undergraduate degree in nuclear medicine, which you already heard. Um, I selected this field after a number of God moments, which unfortunately I don't have time to share with you this morning. But after researching where I could go to school, it turns out that there were only two schools in the country that offered a degree in nuclear medicine. One of them was in Rochester, New York, and the other one was in Wichita, Kansas. Um, neither of these places were actually appealing to me, so I hope I don't offend anyone from either of those places. Um, but the one I really wanted to go to was in Kansas, and um, then when I looked into it, I found out that they only took two students a year and had over a thousand applicants. But I really felt like the Lord wanted me to go there, and so I applied, and what do you know, I got in. And now I needed to come to grips with moving to Kansas. So who moves to Kansas willingly? <laughs> I, um, I've never been to Kansas. Um, I didn't know anyone from Kansas except for the cast of The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and I never any, met anyone who wanted to go to Kansas except for Dorothy. But I felt God leading me, and I went ahead and, and accepted, and I went, and I had never, didn't know anybody there, and I had never been there before. Um, the first thing I did was find a church, and the Lord blessed me with a wonderful Christian community. I um, found a great church that, where I had lots of Christian friends and very godly leaders. Um, my time in Kansas was really a time of spiritual growth. I grew exponentially in my faith, and met my dearest Christian BFF there, and she was a native Kansan, and yes, that's a term, Kansan. Um, this was a time of personal sowing um, and the establishment of deep roots of my faith. Um, in Ephesians 4.12, Paul reminds us that Christ equips his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Later on, it became really clear to me um, that he was preparing me for more. Um, this initial move of, of obedience would later precipitate a whole lot more moves. Um, God was faithful to me in my obedience, and he provided everything I needed when I, when I arrived. Um, and he followed me and was, was faithful everywhere where he called me to be obedient. Um, after graduation from Kansas, I moved um, to Orlando, Florida, where I worked in a hospital for a few years. And through a series of God moments, um, it opened up the opportunity for, for me to move from the clinical side to the medical industry side, where I would develop medical products. Um, the very first job I took um, on the industry side was 100% travel. 
I single-handedly covered half of the country. Um, I traveled around the country teaching clinicians um, about the latest applications and technology of nuclear medicine. In the first one and a half years, I visited 43 states. I spent every week in one to two states, and that was a time of sowing. I dropped precious seed wherever I went, and I set an intention to travel with purpose. I traveled alone most of the time, not knowing what would await me when I arrived, and not knowing anybody when I arrived except for the local sales rep. Um, but I met new people each week, and during the week I got to know them pretty well. Um, the Lord has blessed me with the gift of empathy, and so people would open up to me during the week, and it would give me a chance to share my faith and God's love with them. And I learned that the more I shared my faith, the easier it got. Um, so from Florida, I then accepted another assignment um, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's where the headquarters was, and I worked for GE Medical Systems. And there in, in Milwaukee, I would have a five-minute encounter with my future husband. Um, he was in one of the sales classes that I was teaching, and um, he didn't, he's actually from Wisconsin, but he was actually based in sales in New Orleans at the time. So I spread some seed in Wisconsin, and then from Wisconsin I moved to Indiana. Um, I decided to, I went to graduate school at Purdue. I don't know if there's any Boilermakers out there. The only, no, no, didn't think so. Who goes to Indiana either? Um, so I spread more seed in Indiana. Um, in between my two years of graduate school, through a number of God moments, I had an opportunity to take a job in, or do an assignment in Paris um, with my former employer. Um, another God moment, and God and I were really aligned on that one. I did want to go to Paris. Um, and, I, and I left some seed there in Paris and then moved back to Indiana. From Indiana, I then took a role with my current employer, um, Phillips, as you heard, and I moved to North Andover, Mass. Um, two and a half years later, my work travels took me to a trade show in New Orleans where I would have another five-minute encounter with my future husband. So it, would, it was four and a half years since I had seen him and hadn't even talked to him. Um, and remember, I'd only spent five minutes four and a half years before. Um, a few months later, through a number of God moments again, um, I was, had an opportunity to take a one-year assignment in New Orleans. Who would have thought, right, in New Orleans? We, God and I were aligned on that one, too. Um, so I went to New Orleans, um, and then I moved back a year later, and my future husband followed me back. And well, the rest is history, because we're going to have been married 19 years this summer, and we have a beautiful daughter, Leah. Um, like my very first move to Kansas, I didn't know anyone and had never visited any of the places that I moved to. <clears throat> but I trusted God. And God's blessing came in the fruit from sharing the gospel. Um, I didn't always get to see the results, um, but I trust that God did the rest. And lest I become proud, I'm always reminded of Paul's words in 1 Corinthians <clears throat> 3, 5 through 7, which says, What after all is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. So praise God, because God can use any one of us to his glory, even an 11-year-old. 
And now on to slide, the next slide, Jackie. Uh, lesson number three that I learned. I learned that the obedience becomes easier the more I do it. Um, none of these moves were easy for me. Um, you mentioned, the, you heard the places I had to move to. Um, except for Paris, of course. But the more I heard God's voice and obeyed him, the more I wanted to continue to obey. Now, I don't want to paint the picture. I mentioned that I was gallivanting around the country, um, that it was all a bed of roses, because I went through many trials and tribulations um, along the journey. But the joy of the God moments far outweighed um, all, of those, all of those difficult times. Um, there were many times when I was lonely and afraid. Um, I faced many dangerous situations traveling alone as a young single lady, and I didn't, we didn't, I didn't have a cell phone then. Um, the Lord spared me repeatedly from people with very bad intentions. And those of you who watch all of those police and detective shows and see all those creepy people, I actually met them. Um, and again, I could write a book, but God really spared me because some of them were very dangerous situations. But I saw and learned and experienced so much um, during these many travels and encounters. And it's these very experiences that are conversation starters when I meet people. Um, and they open up very uh, lots of opportunities for me to share my faith. Um, today, I continue to travel for business. Um, for the past 24 years since living here in Mass, I've traveled to over 40 countries in the world, throughout the world, spreading more seed. Um, God asks us to be obedient and to carry his cross and follow him. And whatever he's asking us to do, he never asks us to do it alone. He's always by our side. And he walks with us in obedience. Um, he's faithful, and he promises to carry, what, carry us through whatever comes our way. And I know this definitely firsthand. Um, so this next song that I selected is entitled Carry Me, and may it be a reminder to all of us of God's faithfulness. I choose to 
slide. We're on lesson number four. So in my travels, I've learned that the problem is not that there's too much darkness, but rather that the problem is that there's not enough light. And I know from my own garden and my own life that light is necessary, light is good, and light is God. I'm still amazed at the number of people that I encounter during my travels or even here in town that don't, have never heard the gospel and don't understand the power of God. We're so blessed to be here at FCC and to have this community and all the outreach in the Merrimack Valley. Matthew 5:14 through 15 remind us, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You don't have to travel to the places that I did or travel the world to see all the darkness or to share God's light. We are the light of the world and we can actually share his light right where you sit today. This next song that I selected is entitled, We Are, and may it inspire us to shine his light.
And now I'll share with you my final, well not my final act of obedience, but the last act of obedience that I'll share today, which I call Blessings of Obedience. So a few years ago, I was sitting across the street in the parish house in um, a small group Bible study, and I felt God prodding me to get to know a woman in my group. Um, I had such restlessness about it, and it stayed with me until I actually obeyed. And it was clear to me that whatever God was telling me, I needed to do it very quickly. Little did I know that the sister's life was about to be turned upside down, and God would join us together to fellowship and to weather the storms of life together. Uh, her husband left their marriage within a week after us getting together, and it became very clear to me now why God wanted me to move so quickly. It gave me great joy to be used by God to obey him and to get to know her to minister to her. She's a dear sister to me, and I love her so much, and I love her daughters as though they were my own. Whenever we meet or gather together on holidays, or whenever we get together, she always says to me, oh, you're such a blessing. And my response to her is always, no, you're the blessing. Because later on, I came to realize that God paired us together, not as, because, not so much because she needed me, but I needed her, and perhaps I needed more, her more. She's been a blessing of my, in my life, and she's the blessing because of a direct result of my obedience. So now, Jackie, if you can turn to lesson number five, and the last one for today. Um, I learned that God's plan is the best plan. Um, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 states, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. All of my responses to God's call of obedience required my complete trust. Trust that he would lead the way, and that his way was better than my way, and that it might involve hardship, but, the, but it, result, it would result in his blessing. Um, it has given me great joy to share my um, journey of obedience with you this morning. And in fact, I'm up here as a result of being obedient. Um, and it gives me, you've all been a blessing to me this morning. Um, for God's plan for continual, abundant, and overflowing joy is sowing in obedience. So will you all please pray with me in closing? Oh God, your word is powerful and penetrating. Lord, I ask that you would plow the hearts of every woman here today, that they may receive the good seed, respond with obedience, and bear much fruit for your glory and honor. Amen. And before I sit down, I wanted to wish you all a very happy Mother's Day. If you could only see what I see from up here, I see a, a sea of beautiful women. And so I, this, not, this last song and closing song is entitled, Be One. And I ask that it, I pray to God that it would be an inspiration to all of us and an extension of my closing prayer this morning. Amen, and thank you all very much.